Physique University, your source for all things physique enhancement. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Elite Physique University. I'm John Gorman, your host. We've got IFBB Pro Jason Theobald in the house. Jason, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, I'm doing well, man. You know, uh, we're a little later than usual. I think both of us are kind of burning the candles, but uh, I'm, I'm in good spirits and I'm ready to knock this one out. Let's do it. Yeah, man. I just got done doing an arm workout here at my house because, you know, it's Thursday. Emails are crazy for us. And we've talked about this numerous times on the show. Just kind of, you know, if someone wants to be a fly on the wall to what our days look like. It's just yeah. a run and gun, yes. take, kids, take kids to practice, yes. karate or <laughs> answer emails, yep. try and train. Normally, and then you try to squeeze in training. Yep. That's, that's how my day was. Yeah. And my training's never good on a fucking Thursday. It just never is. I need to make that one of my off days. It's tough. I, um, I move, I usually do shoulders because it's my best part and I know that it doesn't take as long and I'm going to be drained mentally and it's worked out pretty well for me. Yeah, you know what? I, I keep my arm workouts. You know, I, I don't I'm not a big believer in just doing arms by themselves, but I keep those in my back pocket for days like today. Yep. yep. Uh, my son came over, Jay's nineteen. We we yep. smashed arms real quick. We just kind of supersetted everything. We got it done in like twenty five minutes and, and it was good. But I, I just kind of do that to I you know, if I need to burn calories, if I'm if I'm a fat fucker, you know what I mean? Like yesterday <laughs> I had my free meal, so I'm up a little. I've got I've got yep. to burn some calories. So right. yeah, I mean I'll do a quick arm workout. So that's, that's been my day. Um, we're going to kind of just jump right into this because we've got to get moving. Uh, neither one of us have really anything new to talk about this week. Next week, we, we've got some stuff in the works that we'll talk about, but I want to get right to our topic today. Um, real quick. Thank you guys. We are over 150 reviews. Wow. And this is episode 10. And you know, for a lot of people listening, that's not a lot. Like if you look at some of these successful podcasts, that have thousands, stuff like sure. that. But Jason, and I love this because you know, I was told by someone that we'd never have a successful podcast, just to, it's impossible to grow it without a big machine behind it pushing. But dude, we don't push, we don't put money behind this. We don't run ads. We don't do everything. It's just word of mouth. So to have 150 reviews and every single one's five stars in just 10 episodes, you guys are awesome. So please, if you're listening and you haven't left a review, please just take a second, pause it, give us a review. If it's five stars, three, it's whatever you feel is right. We really, really appreciate that. It's, it's helping it get out to more people. And you know, Definitely. yeah, man, it, and you and I are passionate about helping people. So we, this topic today, the reason why I picked this is because, dude, you and I have fucking done it all when it comes to cheat meals, <laughs> refeeds, high calorie days, cheat days, shit loads, like all this different stuff. And I get so many people that ask me, you know, DM me or email me, and I'm sure you're the same way. Hey, sh you know, what's the difference? How do you set these up? You know, right. are they good? Are they bad? So we're going to bring this perspective to you guys on all the different methods that you can do. And we're also going to talk about enhanced versus natural athletes because Jason, at the end of the day, man, this can definitely be different. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You're right. I mean, it definitely yeah. can. So yeah. let's, let's yeah. go ahead. And I'm going to throw you some batting practice here. I'm yeah. going to come your way and then I'll answer some too. I've got some right. up in front of me. Let's go ahead and define a couple things. So if you yeah. were, if you would, let's use the word free meal, cheat meal, just kind yeah. of describe what that is just for a few seconds and then it's sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, if it's just, uh, uh, there's always like shades of gray, right? But if we're talking about just a true free meal, like, it's it's really anything that that you've been craving or or want to have you know so you've put in your your six days and well really six and a half to that point of 
perfect eating and on point. And so it's a, it's a time to go break bread with your loved ones and, and get what you've been craving. So if you've been craving pizza, go get that. If you've been craving sushi, go get that. There are times when I put parameters on them, and I'm sure we're going to get into that, but a true free meal is grab what you're craving. Yeah, uh, really just no restrictions, basically, right. unless, you know, like you're going to break it down. Now, that's different than a cheat day. So whenever mm-hmm. you... I mean, we both, did you do body for life? I can't remember. If we I did. About. That was the first thing I ever did, man, to see my abs. Yeah, man. So like in college, it was like six days of clean eating and do everything right. You know, pack your food. And then on day seven, I remember Bill Phillips is like, eat whatever you want. If you're craving it, eat. And dude, that's the mentality I learned. So like it was always Sunday for me. I would wake up on Sunday I would go to McDonald's white trash fucking breakfast and I would get pancakes <laughs> and hash browns and like all this shit, sausage McMuffin. And then later on I would have pizza and like, dude, it was a cheat day. And I made okay progress with that. Um, but what it came down to, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later, dude, I was like eating super low calories through the week just so I could offset that cheat day. Yeah. You know, what's funny when I ran that program, Something about that just didn't sit right with me. So I, I remember even back then I, I would stick to my plan. And then like my girlfriend at the time, once we like went to dinner, then I would like have what I want. It's like, I'd have what I want at dinner. We'd go to a movie. I'd get like my favorite, which are chocolate covered raisins. Then we'd go get ice cream, but I just couldn't bring myself even then to do like a full day. Like I couldn't, I couldn't start my day with like pancake. I just couldn't do it. I don't know why. Like it just didn't seem right even back then. Oh, fuck and, I and I probably could have got away with it. I just didn't do it. Yeah. Um, now there's other, there's other things that we can look at high carb days, refeeds. What, what do those kind of mean to you as a coach Mm -hmm. or explain it to a client? What, what's a high carb day refeed type day look like for you? Yeah. So for me, um, I start throwing those in, um, you know, as carbs kind of creep down and we got to talk about body fat levels because too many people think that they just have to have a refeed, you know, I'll set up a diet and like, where's my refeed? And I'm like, well, you're fat and you know, you don't need it yet. Um, so I kind of throw them in, uh, when carbs get to around under uh, one gram per pound of, of weight, but, um, generally I'll double their carbs. So let's say someone's 130 pounds. I finally get them down to 130 carbs. They're going to at least get around 260 from me, but you know, there's times when it's going to be less and it'll, it, but it'll be about 260 carbs and I spread them out over five to six meals. I'll usually make the, the carbs even. Um, And, you know, if it's like a general nutrition client, I'll tell them like, look, if you're craving bagels or you're craving like your favorite cereal, go ahead and work it in on this day because I'm controlling their fats too. So like, you know, I'm giving them a macro set and the fats are going to be lower. So I I don't have a problem with, you know, some of the fast acting uh, carbs and and I'll put them more towards the beginning of the day if they're going to do that just because they're more insulin sensitive and it's going to fade over the course of the day as, as you're eating more carbs. And then, you know, I tell them kind of go with more uh, lower glycemic, but um, that's how mine looks. You know, I'm going to tell them what their protein intake is, what their carb intake is and what their fat intake is. And um, usually it's going to be about double what their, their uh, carbs are at. Yeah, man. So basically the big thing that, that we want you guys to understand, the listeners to understand is, you know, high carb days and refeed days, you're counting your food. It's not just a free for all. That's, that's more of the free meal, cheat meal type approach. Um, all my clients are the same way. They have a very specific outline, a very specific number of carbs and fats, you know, fats are generally lower to make room for carbs. Sometimes my calories aren't going to be super, super high on a, on a refeed day because I'm lowering the fats down. So if I've got a female dieting on 1500 calories, 
her high day might be 1700 yeah. calories. I'm, I'm in the same ballpark as you 17, 18, yeah. um, to control the, the fat. And the reason we don't want the fats in. So, you know, the listeners is, you know, as you're spiking insulin hard, um, it's a shuttling hormone. So if you got a, if you leave the fats higher, you know, you're risking more, you know, every meal you eat anyways, if you listen in the insulin sensitivity, uh, podcast, you're still, you're still storing a little fat. And if you, if you pound in fat, like you're going to store more of it. So. Yeah. And I'm actually making some notes right now. Something else I forgot that we need to talk about is somebody that's fat depleted or somebody that's fat and carb depleted. You know, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about that once we get down to the more natural versus enhanced. Um, so let, let's go ahead to get where we're going, guys. This is something I like to do on the show. We're going to tell you where we've been. Like, here's what we've done. Here's what we've learned from. Um, Jason, when you started getting into coaching, what were generally that the refeeds or the higher carb days like, or the free meals like when you first started coaching people? And what did you what did you see that you decided you wanted to change? I know you did Beverly back in the day, and I think that was like a Wednesday Sunday type yes. approach where you carb up on oats and a banana and a sweet potato, and yep. they even put like peanut butter in there. So yep. yeah, talk, talk yeah, about yeah. I, those were the first ones I was ever introduced to. And the Beverly diets were uh, generally, honestly, if you look at it, they were more geared towards endomorphs. They were 50% protein, 20% carb, uh, 30% fat. So, you know, anyone who was a little more endomorphic, um, heavily mesomorphic did really well on those. I never could get really peeled on those diets. Um, and uh, the carb up was like you just said, you know, it was uh, sweet potato, banana, oats, and then you added some fats. And that was done on like a Wednesday, uh, Sunday rotation or something along those lines. Um, as I as I as I got into you know other avenues of dieting, and I worked with a tipster, Mark Rosmini, which you, you, we've talked about before. Um, he you know he kind of introduced me to a reefy, but it, it took a while. Like you know he did kind of like that I do still today. You know he didn't put it in till my you know I was more lean and. Um, uh, my carbs got down to closer to like, you know, one gram per pound. And the, that refeed for me was, it was all clean food. Um, he didn't even bother, you know, saying, Hey, you can use some high glycemic. It was all clean food. Um, and it was kind of like, I, like I just, uh, stayed it with you got with you. Um, then I kind of played around with like, myself, um, like skip loading, um, and doing like really high carb days where I would get up into the 700s, 800s, 900s. And maybe my protein would only be like, a hundred grams I would take in and I would add no fats at all on those days. And I played around with that and I, I got shredded doing that too. Um, I think that's more for an ectomorph. Um, someone like myself who depletes hard. I don't, a lot of, not many of my clients could get away with 700 carb refeeds, but I do end up with some sometimes. Um, but I kind of settled out to the more moderate refeed pretty quickly in my coaching career. I knew that those big ones just weren't going to be uh, where it's at because then you had to starve too much during the, the, the week and you couldn't train right as soon as those carbs were zapped. And um, I just felt like a body needed to be fed. So there had to be a happy medium. And I, I got to that point pretty quickly. Yeah, man. So here's the thing with me. I went from cheat days um, to one free meal. And then I started experimenting a lot with like really low carb or keto, you know, back in 2007, 2008. And there was always these protocols where you carb up on the weekends or just do massive um, carb up days like on a Sunday, because the, the more depleted you were with carbs, the more you could, you could eat, the more you could carb yeah. up. And, you know, you talked about skip loading and I'll get to that in a second. 
Um, prior to prior to me, I actually worked with Skip for about 12 weeks, I think it was. Prior to that, I was doing really high-carb days, like high-reefy days with low fat, things like homemade pizzas, pancakes, cereals, just real sugary stuff that would store really fast. And I started doing that shit with my clients. And I started to make a name for myself of someone who could, you know, in 2010, my clients were getting on stage and they were eating you know, anywhere from 500 to a thousand carbs once a week. And around here, you know, my, I had a girl win the figure overall, my very first show that I put clients in, her name was Jesse and people were like, Holy fuck. Like she was posting all over Facebook. And so was I, these refeeds that she was doing and eating pop tarts and all this hated shit out there. Right. That we all hate to see people brag about these days and they were winning. And I started making a name for myself, somebody that would feed the hell out of somebody once a week. And I actually got a lot of clients off of that. Now, I didn't put that out there as like some kind of gimmick. I just loved doing it at the time because I'm an experimental type person. So everybody wants to be a fucking fat kid. And they were like, well, I'm going to hire Gorman because he's feeding the hell out of these people once a week. And, the, and, you know, and then I ended up working with Skip and I saw his Skip load. And here's the thing, man, like Skip doesn't like me and that's okay, but I'm going to give this guy credit because Skip is one of the great outside the box thinkers in our industry. He's one of those guys that have moved the needle. He's kind of moved the industry forward with, with, with thinking outside the box. And he would do these massive Skip loads, like six hours, eat anything you want, just eat till you're comfortable full. Some people are eat all day. And it would work, but what I found whenever I let my clients do that, it would work on the genetically elite or somebody like you said that was an ecto, yeah. but for people like me or just normal mortals, like it was two steps forward, two steps back. Mm -hmm. And that was also for my high carb days that I was doing. So I quickly learned that, listen, I need to have my, my clients counting their food, first of all, and the giant refeeds. We'll get into it more in detail, but what I noticed was I'd have to crush them for six days oh, yeah. just to make those those refeeds. Yeah, it really depends on how quickly a body depletes. And, you know, I've just always been one of those people that deplete really fast. Um, but those seven or 800 carb refeeds were when I was pretty low carb or even on keto. So, you know, even I was coming into them just destroyed, you know? Yeah, so I, I remember I had Matt Holcomb and Josh Hebb, two um, pretty muscular clients. and. You know, Josh is pretty genetically elite. Matt's, I, I'd put him up there. I, you know, I'd say they're, you know, 90% or above. Mm -hmm. And during, dude, I was getting them ready. I would let them eat 2,000 carbs on a Tuesday every single fucking week. 2,000 carbs. I mean, that's 8,000 calories just from carbs, right? And I actually did that on peak week. And these guys were winning shows and they were shredded and doing well. Um, but they were the genetically elite. So when people were seeing me do that with my clients, dude, here, here comes more people that are like, holy shit, I want to be able to do this. I mean, think about it. Who wouldn't want to? Like, we just didn't know back in the day. Uh, but what they didn't see is, you know, there's a lot of clients I wish I had back that yes. I needed to get another five pounds off of. And if I wouldn't have been doing that shit with them, I could have got them leaner. So it yeah. wasn't working for everybody. But, it, you know, it only takes showing just a few people getting shredded on something like that. And dude, here they come. Like, everybody of course. experience it. So uh, I quickly learned that, you know, I would be better as a coach if I started to kind of tone those down. Jason, let's talk about why high calorie days, like why refeeds and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Because there's a difference between, let's talk about leptin and metabolism. Um, most people have a refeed day. We'll get into when and why, but it boosts your metabolism. It boosts leptin. 
and it helps, you know, we just did a study at the University of South Florida and the paper's about to come out in a few weeks. I asked Bill Campbell, the guy that, that did it, if we could talk about it. He said, it's fine. I actually wrote the diets for that study. And um, basically in a nutshell, he compared doing two high carb days back to back, like say a Sunday and a Monday and dieted people down or no high carb days at all. And what we saw with the refeeds is people actually lost fat better um, because of the boost in metabolism and leptin. They held on to muscle better. And here's the other thing I've seen from clients as well. They're able to adhere and stick to a plan better because you get a couple days where you can build up some energy. You can fill back out with carbs. And as long as you don't eat too much, it's not necessarily going to offset um, fat loss. But it's definitely better to use them as long as they're done right versus not use them. Is that something that, that you would agree with what you've seen in the trenches? 100%, yes. But my caveat will be this, and I don't know how we're going to segue into that or if we will, but not everyone needs a refeed right off the bat uh, in the start of a prep unless you know they're one of those people that are more endomorphic and you're cutting their carbs already from the get-go to one gram or less per pound, in my opinion. Most people – don't have great off seasons. They're not starting that lean and therefore they have plenty of body fat. And so I generally don't start refeeds right out the gate. So, you know, <clears throat> there's that, there's that thing where everyone thinks they need a refeed right away and you don't. Um, so, you know, that's my caveat on it. Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent because here's the thing. The best, the best part about refeeds is they do boost leptin. So leptin's made, primarily in the fat cell. So when you're like, say me right now in the off season, when you've got some decent body fat, I'm probably like 16%. I've got enough circulating leptin. It's the leaner that you get that mm -hmm. those spikes in leptin actually make sense because as you get leaner and your fat cells shrink, your body produces less leptin. So that that's when it's important to definitely make sure someone's having a refeed is, is, is as they get uh, leaner. So that's just kind of, of how it works. And the leaner you get, the more your metabolic rate slows so it's also important to throw a little bit of gas on the fire, so to speak, with a, with a high cal day or a high carb day. Um, but I agree with you, man. In the beginning, you know, it's kind of like muscle loss. Everybody's worried about losing muscle when they first start a prep. It's like, dude, you got enough fat on you right now to protect yeah. against muscle loss. Yeah. It's kind of the same with refeeds. Um, I start people off with them. They're just not big and mm -hmm. they're just enough to like get them a little bit of a bump. But I'll agree with you, man. Like, like if I were going to start somebody right now, I'd have no problem not doing a refeed with them at all and just leave their, leave their calories in a slight deficit, throw some cardio in and roll. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if I can put enough carbs in someone to start, um, and they're well over one gram per pound of carb, um, and they've, you know, got, you know, a, a good amount of body fat, I'm just not going to use them. Um, I'm going to wait till I get closer to that one gram, um, per pound of carb as I pull them down and then start using refeeds. And I found that that's, a really nice way to kind of, kind of save my aces, you know, like I save that until it's really needed rather than having it right out of the gate. Um, so that's always worked just really well for me. Um, and if you look at like a lot of the guys from the seventies and eighties, they didn't use them at all. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying, I think they're overused in today's atmosphere. And I'm just trying to give our listeners like kind of a frame when they really should be using them. Now, you know, like for myself, uh, when I was going to prep, I was going to start out with them because I'm, I'm on the leaner side and really only fat I'm really holding is a little bit under the glutes and a little in the hamstrings. So I was going to probably do like three low days and then hit a high and then three low and then hit a high. So I was going to have two high days pretty much every seventh or eighth day. Um, so it just depends, I think, where you're at and your body fat 
amount and, and how often and, and if you're using them right off the, the bat, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think once we get down to the end, I think we can give people some general recommendations because this is such an art form when it comes to putting putting someone's diet together on our end as coaches. But if you're an athlete doing your own, I mean, fuck, we're going to be able to try and give you some general guidelines or a place yeah. to start that we would recommend. Um, Jason, I do want to talk about this theory that I have, and I want to, I want to see if, if you agree with this or what you've seen. Um, so I have this theory going back to the really high calorie days, right? Um, I've got this theory that, you know, to get those, say a 700 carb day for uh-huh. a guy once a week, I would have to, for the first six days, I would have to take them so low calorie and so high cardio just to deplete them enough and just so they would hit that one pound a week fat loss. And then by day seven, they're carving up so much that those six days were such low calorie and high cardio, cortisol was so high that I believe that their metabolic rate was slowing down a lot for six weeks. Mm -hmm. So then it wasn't just that the calories were high on Sunday. I think their metabolism was slowing so much for six days that it enabled those high calorie days on Sunday to even stick to them even more as fat where <laughs> that that's kind of the theory I have. No one's kind of tested this yet. Um, like I said, we just had the first refeed study done at USF. So maybe this is something we can look at, but I mean, it makes sense, right? Like if you're right. going to really, really go low calorie and high cardio, just to, just to leave room to have these giant refeeds, they should stick to you easier as fat especially as your metabolic rate slows and you get down really lean. I mean, would you, would you agree with that as something that, is that what you've seen? I, I think it's a good, um, would we call that a hypothesis? And then right. I think that it would be interesting, like you said, to have it studied. Um, I, I will say that I think um, being enhanced and natural uh, plays a role here. Um, whether someone, you know, may use metformin, all these things come into play and would allow someone to have the bigger and bigger and bigger refeeds all while also not taking their calories as low during the week. Um, but you looking at a natural athlete, I think what you proposed is probably spot on. It'd be interesting to like test it on someone who's on TRT and their hormones aren't going to be dropping. And then a pure natural athlete, uh, and see kind of the differences, but you know, you only have so many, uh, funding dollars, but I'm just saying like, I think that hormones, GH, all those different things are going to come into play and allow it. And then for a pure natty, I think your theory is probably going to be fairly spot on, uh, especially the less gifted they are and the more they have to starve those six days to set that up. Yeah, man. So let's, let me throw this into your court. Uh, this kind of your baby here. Let's talk about enhanced athletes for a minute for those that are listening that kind of fall into that category, because it's not necessarily just I mean, I don't think TRT is enhanced, but they're, you know, most people like myself, like I'm just in normal ranges, but let's talk about people that are kind of pushing the limits or someone that's using thyroid hormone for it, like T3, for example, um, or T4 or whatever to kind of run their thyroid. What do they need carb ups as much as a natural athlete? No, if you're on T3, you really don't need it. I mean, that's one of the, you know, one of the, now, okay. Just to prevent muscle loss. That's a different story. But as far as continuing to burn fat, you, you really don't need it because your, your thyroid's not downregulating. It's, it, you're not having metabolic adaptation like someone that's not taking thyroid hormone. Um, that's why a lot of times I use, I use thyroid boost, which is about every one of my prep clients, um, to prevent that same uh, metabolic adaptation from occurring. Um, but, but T3 is obviously strong and going to prevent that. So, no, I would, I would say – you could skip those um, to get ahead. Like, let's say you're behind and, you know, someone's willing to use it or 
they're already on it. You could literally skip refeeding um, and not have to worry about metabolic adaptation if T3 is in play. Yeah, and it's one. I'm of not the- saying you won't risk muscle loss because T3 you do risk muscle loss even on peds uh, and big time if you're natural using it. But um, uh, yeah, I, I, that's my opinion on it. Yeah, and it's one of those things too. I mean, it's kind of like if you're on HRT you don't necessarily have to keep fats in the diet to help support no. hormones. You can go a little lower fat. It's kind yes, of the same thing. If you're, if you're using T3, you're not going to downregulate. But at that point, it also becomes, you know, if someone's dropping too fast, then it's, you know, I like to hit my clients with a quick carb up. Um, I've got a guy named Grant who dropped like fucking four pounds this week. So what I do, I immediately had him go hit Subway, get a foot long pizza sub. Yeah and add that into his normal food. It's something easy to track. Like uh, I know we all have our different ways to do it. Um, and he's a natural guy, but for so, this can happen with assisted folks as well, especially if they're using T3 or clan or whatever, and they're dropping too fast. What do you do when someone's dropping too fast? Like say you got a check in today from a client that's assisted yep. they're yep. prepping and they're using all that and they've dropped three fucking pounds this week. How, how are you going to slow that down? What do you gener- How do you generally handle that? Well, you know, first and foremost, I'm going to look at their pictures and I'm going to look at whether they've lost any strength or, you know, anything like that. And let's say they, they did have strength loss because if they didn't have strength loss and certainly in the prep, even though there's, I'll let it go because I know that they're not losing muscle on gear. Um, but let's say they're, you know, at the eight week mark and they really shouldn't be dropping that kind of weight, um, per week. And so I generally will pull all cardio. I might even rest them. And then I will either do very something very similar like you. I might say, hey, go to Chipotle, get the biggest burrito you can, put all the shit on it, all the guac, uh, get some chips, um, you know, get a couple cookies or whatever and, and have that, eat all your normal food, and we won't do cardio for three days and check in with me tomorrow and let's see where you're at. If their weight doesn't budge, I might then go ahead and give them a seven, 600 carb refeed day, you know, to slow it down. Because if you don't act, fast you know i've seen that roller rate roll runaway train where it gets going and then it's really hard to stop right yeah so with with my natural folks like going back to grant you know i had him go get the foot long um and then i had him drop all his cardio because at that point you know i i want his body to be able to chill out and fill back out um yeah and, and it's one of those things you know if it comes back the second day i might just repeat that it'd be like go have another one or just simply add a, add a few hundred carbs to someone's meal, anything to kind of get it stopped. Um, right. And I know there are people listening be like, Oh fuck, that never happens to me. You know, <laughs> it, it, for some people it just doesn't like, yeah. I've noticed like if someone's a fatty and they struggle, like I don't generally have to do that with them too much. Uh, but muscle loss is very real, especially I have to monitor it more with clients as they get down towards the end of prep and they start getting leaner because that's when fat loss, that's when muscle loss happens the most. And you know, if I've got someone that's only got five pounds to go and they've lost two or three pounds that week, that's fucking muscle. Like that's, that's something I work with a natural athlete that I worry about. So yeah, Yeah. I was just kind of curious how you kind of filled somebody out real quick. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, sometimes it might even just be a big double cheeseburger too. You know, I kind of give them some options. And then, like I said, if their weight doesn't budge and that happens a lot, then I might hit them with a, six, 700 carb day that next day and no training, no cardio. And I might pull cardio two, three, four days just to uh, let the body chill out. So let me, let's talk about something. This is, this is pretty geeky and pretty fascinating. And this is something I know probably 99% of our listeners don't know or don't think about. And I know it's something that we understand. Let's talk about when someone should have a cheat meal or multiple cheat meals versus a counted 
um, carb refeed day. And let's talk about someone that's fat depleted or someone that's carb and fat depleted. And you know, if, if you look back kind of the way that I learned, I learned mostly from guys that were assisted, right? So it was always like, you're going to eat super clean. Your fat's going to be low and you're going to go have a free meal once a week. And I think that works so well with folks that are assisted because if, if someone is lower fat, they're fat depleted through the week. They do get depleted as well because they're in a deficit of carbs. And that free meal, what a lot of people don't realize is when you're fat depleted and carb depleted, a free meal has both of those. So you can fill back out with intracellular triglycerides and fats. Um, that, that's when I think those free meals kind of shine. But I think when someone's not fat depleted and they're just a little bit depleted of carbs, that's when I think that they're kind of tough to get in. What, what are your thoughts on that? I actually think you knocked it out of the park with your thoughts on that. Like I'm someone who eats lower fat pretty much year round. Right. And so it was interesting yesterday. I went to train and I didn't like the way I looked in the gym. I didn't like my response. And so last night when we stopped at Subway, I got a Subway and usually I don't get cheese. I put cheese on it. I actually had them double it up and I got three other cookies. And immediately by literally 40 minutes later, I filled out. My legs were vascular again. Today I looked great in the gym. So I literally did exactly what you're talking about. But, you know, as, as someone who's not fat depleted as much, um, again, I'm going to use more of a, a controlled carb um, refeed. So I, I think you pretty much summed it up pretty well. Yeah, I, I think there's a time and a place kind of for everything. So I think, you know, for our listeners that are on HRT that are a little bit lower fat, like I think I take in like 20 to 30 a day um, just for health reasons, just because that mm -hmm. keeps my cholesterol in check. I've noticed the same thing, man. Like I respond way better to have like some donuts or some pizza. It, you know, my training over the next two or three days is always way better on that yeah. than if I try and like have low fat stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, yeah. I, I need way more of that to fill out. And honestly, I'd rather just have a couple smaller little tasty meals than these giant let's eat for fucking four or five meals and be real low fat. I just don't fill out and feel the same after that. It's because I needed the fats is what yeah. I'm trying to get people to understand. Um, Let's talk about, all right, so let's kind of move into what we currently do um, and how someone knows how much to have. So you mentioned that you like to use, you know, current weight and carbs and stuff. Go ahead and break that down for everybody. Yeah. So generally speaking, <clears throat> excuse me, it's been like raining here uh, for like 10 days straight. And so my sinuses are all fucked up. Um, but anyways, um, so I generally do not start with a refeed. Unless, like I said, someone is, has been really diligent off season or there's naturally very lean. And then I'm like, okay, well, yeah, you're in a point where you need it. So let's say, you know, we've got, I've got a 150 pound male. Um, I start him out at 250 carbs on training days, 200 on non. Um, I'm not going to put a refeed with him. Um, let's just say he's 13, 14% body fat. Um, I, I don't see the need. Um, his, his carb needs are covered. He needs to be in a deficit. I don't want the tank filled up. Um, and so, but as I pull 50 carbs and I pull 50 carbs, two pulls will have him pretty close to 150. When I get around to there, I'm going to go ahead and, and double up on his carbs. So he'll get probably a refeed of around 300 grams. And these aren't exact numbers, but it's, it's my, um, it's how I teach it in my mentorship. And you know, at least it gives you a ballpark area to be at. But basically, remember this. You don't need to be skin splitting full while you prep, okay? 
you need your tank. Let's think it's a gas tank. You need that on half empty, sometimes maybe only a quarter full. And so when you refeed, you don't have to top that tank off to full. Three quarters is plenty. Um, so, you know, I don't go and give him, uh, you know, cell saturation and things like that. Now, if someone's on keto, yeah, maybe, maybe that person would get a, a 500 to start. And then as they get leaner, I'll up it. But, you know, if I'm using carbohydrates, I like to put it in for our listeners around when I get to one gram per pound. And then I'm going to at least double whatever that number is. If I think they have a really good metabolism and everything's going great and they're ahead of schedule and I do the formula and the double puts them at 300, I might add 50 and just see how they do. If I feel like we're, they, everything's been a, a knockdown drag out with this person and we may be more a little behind, I might pull 50. So they would only get 250. So, you know, it's not an exact formula, but that's how I do it in general. Yeah. And you know, I've, there's not really a way that we can just tell everybody, Hey, here's a formula that everybody can do. It's just impossible. I like that though. I mean, I think that's about, I think that's spot on. I would do that with my clients right now. Mine is such like, you know, when we do it, we have to really take each person into consideration. Some guidelines I've just given to people is I just tell them, as long as you're in a deficit and you're getting depleted every week on a certain carb amount, Mm-hmm. I would just for ladies, I'll I'll recommend adding an extra fifty to a hundred to whatever that total is for the day, and so if I've got a a, a lady dieting and losing on one hundred and fifty uh one hundred fifty carbs a week, maybe she bumps up to two hundred. If she's somebody that really really needs it, I might bump her to two twenty five, two fifty. A lot of it's just I go off a of feel, and not everything is a math equation. So most right. people, I'll be okay giving them a little bit lower because here's the thing: if they drop too fast. I'm going to drop cardio out and I'm going to carb them up. So I don't worry about it not being too high. I worry about it being too high. That's the thing. I don't want to give a female 300 carbs refeed right out of the fucking gate of her prep because then she's going to lose like quarter pound a week. Right. So, you're filling out the tank too much. You're, you're, right. you're, you're filling, you're, you're, you're spilling it, you know? Yeah. And so let's explain that real quick. So when Jason's talking about filling your tank up, we're talking about your muscle cells. So if you carb up so much that you fill your tank completely up, the, the more it fills up, the more your insulin sensitivity goes to Boom. shit, actually, yep. right? So yep. the more depleted you are, the better your insulin sensitivity. Yep. So as, it's, as your muscles start to fill up, the, the ability to spill over is what it's called, is when you start pushing carbohydrates into the fat cell, not into the muscle cell. Yep. So that's when you hear people spill over. It's not just for how you look on show day. It's called spilling into the fat cell. And that's that, to me, man, is where these – uh, glucose disposal agents on high carb days, like one with every single meal you take. Oh yeah. It's great because it keeps insulin lower and it helps really slam everything in, yes. into the muscle cell. So yeah. um, that's when Jason talks about filling up, that's kind of what he's talking about. That's what we want to avoid um, is, is spilling into the fat cell. Right. Let's talk about um, what do I have written down here. High carb days, um, high carb days or low carb versus high carb diets. Um, let's talk about, do you generally, when you start someone off and you do have them do a carb day, do you do it once a week or do you split it down in twice a week? I start with once a week because here's why. And you know, this, you know, this doesn't necessarily, you know, you could completely disagree with me because I know you have, um, Dr. Campbell's research, but I start with one a day. Okay. My thinking is number one, metabolically, they're not that adapted downward yet. Um, so we don't have to fill out tank as much. We don't have to spend two days eating closer to maintenance. Um, so I usually start with one. 
Um, but as I bring down the carbohydrates, a lot of times I end up in my medium low highs and it'll kind of look like this. It'll have um, three medium days, three low days, and they'll go back and forth, medium low, medium low, medium low. And then I'll hit someone with two highs and then we repeat the form formula. And that, that works awesome for most people. So uh, yes, I, I start out with one. I don't jump right to two, but once I get to that point where even the medium days look pretty brutal, maybe you're down to 80 carbs and your low days are 40, I'm going to go ahead and definitely have uh, two back-to-back -back days because of the research by Dr. Campbell. And I know for a fact, metabolic adaptations are cranking at that point. Yeah. And I think if someone, so maybe we've got some listeners that are doing two high carb days and they're not making a lot of progress. You can just skip that one and just go to one, one a week. Yeah. Or the other thing that you can do, if you're someone that's, that's starting to get decently lean, if you're going to keep two high carb days in there, just make sure they're not too high. But the other thing you have to understand is on those low days, you have to get low on those days to deplete, to make room for the high carb days. So my answer usually to people is like, you know, someone comes to me and they're already doing two, two high carb days and they're eight weeks out and I'm just going to roll. I'm going to go ahead and hammer them down on their, on their low days to make room for that. But most people, if they just ask me the question, I'm like, listen, just skip one of those and just have one, one a week and see if you start dropping that one pound a week that you're looking for. And a lot of the time that kind of fixes it. I think people are trying to have too many high carb days yeah. before they're ready their body yeah. fat still up there like you're saying and they're just they're they're depleting and they're they're filling back up and it's kind of a two steps forward two steps back approach right 100 percent. and it's a good and, and something kind of popped into my brain as you were talking when i use um the two high days i don't use that formula i gave you usually like you i don't want because again i worry about uh, spilling over or topping off the tank I will pull back some. So let's say it would have been 300. Well, I'm probably going to pull them down to maybe 240 and they'll get two days of 240 rather than giving them two days of 300 or 350. Yeah. Um, so it, you're kind of like, they're still high because the medium and lows are very low. But in, when you're really looking at it from a, from a, from an outside perspective, they're kind of medium days, really. Like if you were looking at it from like a beginning of a diet phase, it's not like they're super high, but they're, but they're back to back. You're bringing cortisol down, which is also very helpful. Uh, you're spiking serotonin, all these different things that kind of just make for an easier five day push. Let's, let's talk about that. So I've got that written down. You wanted to mention that whenever you emailed me earlier, you said, Let's talk about what scale weight does after the high calorie yeah. or a free meal and stuff like that. Um, it, because I know you want to talk about what happened, why it drops for some people, for most people, when they have higher calories, they should fill back out because not only are you filling back out with carbs, those carbs take damn near three grams per gram of carb of water just to fill back out and fill out with glycogen plus salt and everything else that you're taking in. So if someone's depleted and they have a high carb day or a free meal, you should gain some weight because it stores this glycogen inside mm -hmm. the body. So most people are going to be up a pound or two pounds. I mean, it really depends. Um, Man, I don't know. I don't know how about you feel about this, but I notice someone usually has an issue with having a high carb day, and normally it's it's females when they've got metabolic resistance and issues like that. We're all seeing them gain like fucking five pounds, and that's when their body's just not one. Either they're blowing it out and not telling me, but I've seen people that are so hormonally messed up. Yes, they're gaining like five pounds from eating two hundred fifty carbs yeah. once a week. Um, but most people I'm seeing gain. What what are you seeing with that? And then what do you what do you think is causing people to drop the day after their high calorie days? 
So, you know, as first off, uh, if, if I see someone gaining five pounds, um, I'm like you, I'm, I'm, I literally am like, um, did you hit those macros? Because, you know, for number one, this hasn't happened before. You know, a lot of times I don't see that out, you know, like, so I'm like, what's going on. And if they assure me that they hit them, um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to think, man, there's some other adaptation hormonal things going on here. So, you know, I might hit them hard with our cordies. Um, you know, I might, I might rest them. Um, I've had days where if I see the body putting on weight, um, when calories definitely are in a deficit, um, that's a sure sign to me that you're not going to make it through prep because I'm not taking you down to 500 calories. So I rest, I pull cardio. Um, I might pull cardio for three days. I pull training. I might pull that for three days. I tell them they have to get to bed an extra hour early and they have to use that extra, you know, time in the morning to sleep. And then I'll cru- you know, I'll, I'll hit them with like cordies two, three, four times a day. And I'm looking to get the cortisol down big time. So if I see someone gaining weight like that on, on, on refeeds and, and, and even just like their daily diet, I know that there's other things going on. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I start to think about resting, but another thing that I do is I generally do this with just about every one of my females at some point in prep, I will take their protein down to one gram per pound of weight. Uh, maybe even a little lower. I put what's left back into carbohydrates and I will pull their fats down natural or not. Um, and I'll put it into carbohydrates. And usually that brings that cortisol down and people start, they start dropping again. So rather than just make another pool and put them down to 30 carbs, um, I, I do that pretty much at least once in every diet phase. And a lot of times it's around six or eight weeks out that you start to see that. Um, now, as far as someone who drops uh, from a refeed. Yeah. The day after, like we've yeah. seen those clients that, you know, like if I wake up at two ten and I, and I hammer out 400 carbs and I wake yep. up tomorrow at two Oh nine, what's your thoughts on why that's happening? You know, I used to think that it was the thyroid just getting a huge boost. And I'm not saying the thyroid doesn't get upregulated from one day of eating, especially if it was a bigger, you know, carb day, but I really believe it's cortisol uh, dropping majorly. And that's allowing you to, to pee out more water and, and to, um, you know, your body relaxes, cortisol drops and there goes the water and you see that swoosh. So everyone thinks they're leaner because, you know, they pulled water and now the muscle, the balloon is full. So it's pushing against the skin. But, um, I think a lot of it initially is just a water swoosh from, from cortisol being lowered. So I really, um, when I'm manipulating carbohydrates a lot, especially when I do the, the, where I've dropped protein big time and give them back calories to carbs and drop some fats and give them back to carbs. I'm really looking for that cortisol response in the body to get that down. Um, and a lot of times I'll, like I said, add extra cordies too. And it works really well to get my clients moving again. Yeah, man. I, it, you know, it doesn't happen with a lot of people, but it does happen and they always ask us why. So that's a, that's a great explanation. Let's, we got a few more bullet points to get through here. Um, I want to talk about training on high carb days and the rep ranges and cardio. I know with my clients, I have a very specific um, protocol I want them to do on their on their training days that they're going to have high calories, like a refeed, a counted refeed, or, or even a free meal, it doesn't matter. Usually I save their higher rep training for that day. So basically 
for me, higher reps or reps that are going to deplete the best are going to be anything 10 or above, really 15 and above. When someone starts doing 15, 20, maybe even 30 reps on their workouts, that depletes muscle glycogen better. It helps insulin sensitivity and it helps make more room for the carbohydrates to store. So I always tell my clients, here's your high carb day. Maybe it's a Sunday. I want you to train in the 15 to 20 rep range. And then I'm going to put their hit for the week there as well, because that helps deplete glycogen. Um, and it helps make room for those carbs to store easier in the muscle cell versus the fat cell. So I pair that up, that kind of cardio up with the higher rep training. And then I have them take GDAs at every single meal. So basically what I'm trying to do is minimize any kind of spilling, any kind of fat storage at all. Um, it's just kind of a well-rounded approach that I found that, you know, it makes sense. This hasn't been studied, but it doesn't when you, when you understand how the body works. Um, what are your thoughts on that? What do you have clients do, Jason? Well, as we, we touched on another episode before, um, I don't think what you're doing doesn't make sense by any means. It's just not something that I personally do. Um, generally, you know, I will say um, if you metabolize carbs super fast and you train at like 5 p.m., uh, go ahead and put your refeed day on, 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 on a weaker body part or, or something that, you know, you want to improve. If you don't metabolize carbs fast and you always, you know, feel the best the day after, well, then maybe have your refeed the day before um, an, an area you want to improve. So I'm more looking at improvement and um, the, the feel that you'll get uh, from training. But I don't do anything special with reps. I don't vary cardio or anything. Um, I don't know. My, I always get good results. So I, I, I'm not saying it, it wouldn't help, but I just don't, I don't do it. Yeah, it's just something I use as a fail-safe. Um, I, I know when someone's training in the heavier rep ranges, that can impair insulin sensitivity a little bit, and that's just because there's so much muscle damage. And I'm talking about, like, if someone's doing the bench press and they're doing sets of three, right? Like, yeah. that, you're causing so much muscle damage. It's just not it, It's not going to be the best for storing higher amounts of carbohydrates, plus you're just not as depleted. Um, but if someone's depleted throughout the week, you've got to remember, too, if you're going six days and you're depleted by day seven – Maybe it doesn't matter how you train, but I, I try and pair up my heavier, heavier rep ranges the day after they're carved up just so they're, they're nice and full and they can have a, a good session the day after. Um, and that's just worked for me and my clients over the years. Um, one of the areas that I want to throw over to you, and this is something that, you know, I think you and I were kind of the first two people to really kind of start to do this or at least talk about it on social media is using a high carb days um, to peak people. Right. So I, what I'm talking about is, you know, probably I've got a YouTube mm -hmm. video out. It's from like 2014 or 2015. I talked about how I would use my high carb days. And then I would take pictures of my clients, have them take pictures the day after their high carb day, two days after, maybe even three days after. And I would always compare and see where they look yeah. the best. And before I really knew how to like really peak somebody, that was always kind of my bulletproof approach. So if like somebody looked, you know, better, two days after 400 carbs, well, fuck, I'm going to have them carb up on 400 carbs on Thursday. And then on Saturday, they're going to be, they're going to look just like they did in the picture. And, and I'll be damned. That's a pretty good bulletproof approach for anyone listening that if you don't really know how to peak, just see where you look better. You know, how many days after your high carb days. And, and I know you do that to some extent, Jason, kind of, kind of talk about what your, what your high carb days look like. And are you using that once you get closer to stage to see where your clients? Yes. Yeah, most definitely. I'm using it. Um, you know, I mean, it just, it just makes good sense, at least as a, um, a starting block, right? Like 
you know, um, I'll start have people, you know, giving me feedback, sending me pictures one day after the, after the refeed, two days after the refeed, you know, and we start, start looking and, and talking about where they felt best. Um, you know, what I have found with that approach though, um, it's so hard to mimic the nerves that some people feel leading into the show. And so as nerves go up, cortisol is going up. Um, you know, their, their adrenaline's going up, they're burning more. And so usually I'm prepared with that type of, um, scenario that they're going to wake up pretty flat, um, compared to how the look was when they were just chilled four weeks out. Um, so I'm ready to put sodium, fat, carbs, a good amount of water in them on Saturday. But if you understand that and know that about yourself, that you stress a lot, um, just understand that, yes, it makes a lot of sense in theory, but, um, I see them flatten out more than what I see when the, we're practicing it during the weeks leading up. Yeah. And that's due to cortisol being, being yeah. low. Is what and, and just all the, just everything. They're just burning through it more than they were when they were more relaxed. Yeah. So generally I always have my clients take day, like after their, their carb up, I'll have them take those days off. So like if somebody, if somebody carbs up on a Thursday on 400 carbs, I'll have them take Friday off and they do tighten up quite a bit. They drop that cortisol, they drop water, but I also notice I have to add the fats in to help give them something um, to kind of make up for that. Or sometimes if I might, I might have them have a few carbs, but generally I know that some of those fats quote unquote will help hold the carb load a little bit. I know that's kind of an old school thing to say, but it works um, to give somebody a little bit more energy. Um, and then day of the show is, you know, it's just, it's just hard to tell someone, Hey, this is what you should do because everyone's so fucking different, let alone if you're male or female or you're doing bikini or you're doing figure or you're doing women's bodybuilding or women's physique. It's just so, it's so hard. We'll do a peaking episode at some point, man, and kind of break down all the different scenarios. Um, but I think these refeeds are, are valuable tools for people to see how their body responds and to see what kind of foods they respond to because yes. look, man, how many people do we know they're going out and they're eating perfectly clean all prep. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. And then they try and load like a motherfucker on Friday on all this shit they haven't been having and they're distended, they're bloating. I mean, God, maybe they have diarrhea. Like I've had clients back when I didn't know back in 2011, like they have, they have diarrhea the day of the show because I loaded them on all this bullshit and their body just wasn't used to it. I always tell my clients, listen, we're not changing your foods during peak week because we know what's been good. I've figured that out leading up into peak week. Yep. Um, do you agree with that as well? 100%. Like, you know, I definitely think one of the worst things you can do is, is introduce new foods. Um, you know, and I, I think that, you know, the, one of the only things that I think you can introduce is like plain rice cakes. Like those generally don't, mess up anyone but but just test like if there's something you think is awesome that makes you look awesome then why aren't you eating it now like right. test it you know what i mean just test it yeah i agree 100 percent. and then finally man we've pretty much hit on everything but i do i just added something here at the bottom let's talk about off-season refeeds and high calorie days versus when you're when you're in prep and when you're leaner because i've seen people make the mistake to where they're trying to keep up like, you know, when you get really lean and you get more depleted, yeah, you can have higher carbs, especially once you get stage ready, 
and you can have a little bit higher carbs because your insulin sensitivity is better. So the leaner you are, the better your insulin sensitivity. Yep. But when you're in the off season, the more body fat you have on you, the, the shittier your insulin sensitivity is going to be compared to when you're lean. So if you're someone that's still trying to keep your, your carbs really low through the week, just so you can have these massive feedings on Sunday, yeah. but your body fat's going up, it's just going to continue to get worse. And I see people making the mistake. They're trying to have these massive refeeds in the off season. <laughs> and in the off season should be when your carbs should be high enough, like they should be yes. decently high. So you're, you're filled out, you're having great training session, you're, you're keeping your muscles 90% full or 80% full yes. or whatever. But if you're staying that full, well, what happens when you go have these giant meals? You're spilling right out yep. of the gate and you're doing nothing but filling up the fat cells like a motherfucker. Yep. yep, 100%. You know, if you want to be able to have um, a free-for-all, um, you're going to have to be hungry during the week in your off-season. And therefore, you're probably not going to be training optimally. Um, you know, one of the things that really has helped me stay lean and propelled my physique when I stopped worrying about being a bodybuilder for one day and started being a bodybuilder to look good daily. And so my free meals are just, ah, I might go get a steak with the fam and, you know, maybe, maybe, um, some rice and I'll get a salad that has croutons and I get to put dressing on and then I'll have a dessert and I'm done and, and I, and I'm fine and I'm right back to my plan. But that, but during the week I eat about 400 carbs daily. Um, so I can't go and have these crazy ass food binges and think that I'm going to keep looking good year round. So, you know, if you want to have those blowouts, you better be depleting hard during the week, but know that your performance is going to suffer. Yeah. And you're probably not going to grow like you normally would anyway. No, no, not at all. Yeah. And, and then to, to top that off, you might even have to be in a slight deficit if you're trying not to gain fat from these massive binges. And if you're in the off season, you, that's not what you want. Like that's no. the thing. That's not what you want. So to me, it, and, and I know this because I've been there myself, like back in 2010, when after you and I were done prepping, I wanted to take the reins myself. So I tried to do a keto off season. I'm like, fuck it. You know why I did it? Because I wanted to be a fat kid on Sunday. Yeah. You wanted your free dance. Yeah. I mean, dude, like it's, Hey, this is how we learn. Like, I'm not afraid to admit, like I hope all the listeners learn from my mistake. And I tried that, but it wasn't optimal. And guess what? I didn't grow worth a shit. I mean, I got to eat whatever the hell I wanted on Sunday and it was fun, but I didn't make a lot of progress. So normally there's a middle road, man, that I think, and, and I hate that. I hate, this is elite physique university. Like we talk about pushing the limits and I don't always like walking down the middle line, but sometimes with some of this stuff, somewhere in the middle is usually where the best answers are at. Mm-hmm. 100%. Anything else that you want to add, man? I don't have anything else here on the notes. Hmm. No, you know, I think, I mean, we've given a little bit of a formula. Um, we've given our opinions on, you know, you start with the refeeds a lot. I don't, um, you know, I think we've given, um, a nice little walkthrough really. Yeah. I think, I think a take home note is, you know, if I had to sum this up, if you're in prep, you need to count your food. It's just going to be way better than trying to have a free meal. Cause those free meals, cheat meals, generally what those end up leading to um, is more of a free day. Like people will, or they'll eat so much at one meal. Like if if someone gave me liberties and they said, Hey, you can, you have one free meal a week during prep to eat whatever you want, dude, you know where I'm going. I'm going to golden corral. Like I'm really going to throw down. Right. And not these days cause I'm older, but if, if this was me, John in 2010, I'm going to take way too many liberties. So 
I always tell people if you're serious about prep, then just count, count your high calorie day, your refeed day. And, um, you know, in the off season, it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that big. If, if you're cutting yourself so short, just so you can overfeed yourself, really, that's, that's, a, it's an, dude, it's an eating disorder. I mean, let's just say, yeah. um, that's what it kind of comes down to. And bodybuilding's tough because it causes that like bodybuilding for a lot of people, when you first start out, it causes you to look at food a different way. Like it really does. It causes a lot of people to have issues with food. And it did with me for a while. It took me finally about three or four years in to where I start to chill out just a little bit. Now I'm to the point where like, if I want to have something, I'll just go out. Like last night I had some donuts. I think I had like three donuts and a bag of um, Doritos, like even organic Doritos, just because I like them. And that was it, man. And like, I probably won't do anything like that for another five or six days. I just kind of wait till my weight drops down to 209 and I feel like I need it because my training's not that good. And I just go have it. So we kind of want you guys to get to that point to where food is not this obsessive thing. Um, Jason, I know you haven't been obsessed with food a long, long time, but how long did it take you to kind of get there? Man, you know, I was never horrible no matter what, just because I feel like being a skinny kid, um, you know, even when I would eat bad, I didn't, I didn't, the scale really didn't move that much. So, you know, I, I would kind of just eat some shit and then I'd get back to my plan. Um, but you know, I think my biggest thing was around, I'd say around 2010, I was stopping post-workout and getting like cheeseburgers almost every post-workout. And my thought process was just, I'm going to put these calories in. I can get them right now and it's going to make me big and it's a great way to grow. Well, I got chubby and I didn't like the look. And that kind of just, that was the last time I really ever did any of that type of thing. And that was probably around 2010, maybe 29. Ever since then, I've been fairly on point. But, you know, I can totally sympathize with people who do get caught in those, um, you know, areas. Uh, it's just, I think I, I'm being that skinny kid. I just don't put on weight that fast. So I, I'm not as food. I was never that food conscious. Yeah. Here's a, here's a tip that I just thought about that I want to give to everybody. Um, if you're somebody that you just, for you to be able to stick to your plan through the week and you have to have a pretty big meal, what I tell people is like, try and have it later in the evening because what happens generally, like with me back in the day when I had an issue with food, dude, if, if I would like, go work out after church, like at one o'clock. And then I would eat my female at two or three, dude, I wouldn't stop. Like I wouldn't stop until <laughs> the end of the day. <laughs> right. So Flood what gates. Tell, the floodgates were open. <laughs> right. So what I tell people now is like, listen, train in the evening, like on a Sunday night or whatever day it is, train in the evening, you know, be finished, you know, two, three hours before bed and then go have that free meal. And that kind of helps people offset. And if somebody is really struggling and showing issues, but they have to have a free meal, I will have them just have protein and veggies only for their first, you know, two or three meals. And yep. what that does is that that just holds a little bit of calories back from carbs and fats and it depletes them a little bit just in the short term. And then it lets them go eat. And I've noticed when I do that with clients, they don't mind eating a few protein veggie meals, like three or four. Then they go train and yeah, their training's not gonna be great, but it's the high rep ranges. So it's not like you're trying to go in there and squat sets of three. So training the high rep ranges, you've held out carbs and fats and you're just doing protein veggies. Then when they go eat a couple meals, it's 
it's almost, it's not coming out in the wash, but you've made room to be able to eat higher fats and higher carbs. So that's kind of a tip that I've given people that just because, you know, at the end of the day, I can tell someone like, listen, this is exactly what I want you to do. And for prep, like, I don't, I don't fuck around. Like you chose this, here's what you're doing. You're counting your refeed. But like for a lifestyle type client, if they have to have it, that's kind of an adjustment I've had to make because to me as a coach, I should try and find a plan that's still going to get them results. It may not be the best plan on paper, but if it still gets them results and they can adhere to the diet for a lifestyle client, I'll let them do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 All right, man. I know uh, you're back to emails and I'm going to go get in the shower and knock out some emails myself. So from Jason, (laughs) yeah, man, got to love Thursdays and we appreciate you guys. Please leave that review from Jason and myself. We're out of here. Thanks guys. See ya.